This is Generation Justice, a multiracial project that trains youth to harness the power of community through media, narrative, and critical consciousness. I'm Barbara Ramirez. Generation Justice broadcast from the rightful lands of the Tiwa people. Tonight's program focuses on art. We showcase two amazing New Mexico artists, Adri de la Cruz and Marisa de Marco. Marisa and Audrey are the creatives behind the collaborative sound and visual installation called The Mountains Were Down to the Valleys. This amazing installation was shown between November 4th of last year and April 23rd of this year at the National Hispanic Cultural Center Art Museum. We also have great art-inspired music picked out especially for you. We'll start off with the song Artists Only by Talking Heads. Between November 4th of 2022 and April 23rd of this year, the National Hispanic Cultural Center Art Museum featured a collaborative sound and visual installation and multi-phase exhibition called The Mountains Were Down to the Valleys, curated by artists Adri de la Cruz and Marisa de Marco. Their piece is a collaborative sound and visual installation that utilizes sound experience, musical compositions on vinyl records, multi-generational interviews, and edged portraits. Here is Generation Justice Leader for Change fellow, Ariana Cordova, speaking with the artists behind this project, Adri de la Cruz and Marisa de Marco. This is Ariana Cordova with Generation Justice, and I am speaking with New Mexican artists, Adri de la Cruz and Marisa de Marco. Audrey de la Cruz was born and raised in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and they are an artist and organizer. Marisa is an Albuquerque-based journalist and lifelong New Mexican whose work has won national and regional awards. Additionally, Marisa is a local New Mexican artist. Audrey and Marisa, welcome to Generation Justice. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Uh, please tell us more about yourselves. Uh, Audrey and I are long-term friends who talk through a bunch of ideas and art projects and things like that together through our friendship, came up with this project. You know, I joke that probably it was more like I was repeatedly annoying Audrey by talking about this kind of concept I had about lathe cut records, which is part of this piece. And I uh, sometimes I fixate on an idea and I just bring it up too many times. Like when you're hanging out with someone, like I'm like, oh, but also this has nothing to do with anything, but let's talk about lathe cut records, right? <laughs> that was part of the uh, generation for this piece, but also a lot of other ideas came into play. Uh, including the more profound ideas that come from Audrey's family and come from their interviews with their family members. I don't know. I feel like playing that many records at once is pretty profound. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. That's true, right? Sometimes it's just a number of things that uh, <laughs> cool, right? 
I would love to know more about your guys' journey as artists to New Mexico. Either of your guys' lives that kind of inspired you to take on um, being an artist and kind of, you know, taking all these creative ideas that you both had and turning them into something physical and concrete, if that makes sense. Uh, my father is an artist and there's a lot of people in my family who do a variety of art, uh, whether that's like carpentry painting or um, silversmith work. So it's always kind of been around. I feel like for a long time I wanted to do art, but was really trying to focus on other things like school. In my early 20s, I met some people through college. I met Marisa and I saw people in the community who were actively creating things and being really kind to each other and helping each other make these spaces and all these really radical extreme art that I've never seen. I didn't think I could even comprehend at the time. I was just amazed. And um, having that experience has really helped me to pursue art more, more often now because I know that it's possible. And I know that somebody will like the weird things that I make because I, I was surrounded by a community who is really looking after each other and inspiring each other. Similarly, my fam some of my family members are artists. My grandpa was an artist, a visual artist. A lot of my family is musicians. A lot of them are mechanics too. I guess I should throw that in there because um, I did eventually like recently end up uh, getting a degree from UNM in experimental art and technology, which I think kind of comes from the side of my family that are also mechanics, right? Uh, like car mechanics. In some way, I never like crossed some sort of boundary in my mind between not being an artist and then being an artist. I just think I was always a person who was trying to make things, trying to perform, trying to uh, be around that kind of stuff. And it wasn't really like with an intention of being like an artist or becoming an artist. It's just it's just what I was doing. You know, I guess it was less a like a title that I hold and more like a thing that I just have done all the time do it all my life care about it a ton and feel very interested in it right I'm not sure when you suddenly have gotten enough like artist life bars to be declared officially like an artist or whatever but <laughs> but it's something that I worked on super hard for my entire life and 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 I think I'm especially on KUNM I'm probably more known for journalism work at the same time that I, whole time I was working at KUNM and everywhere else that I've worked, I was working equally hard on making artwork like it's a full-time job, you know, doing music a uh, million hours a week, um, all my time outside of the office or away from news stories and journalism work was about music and art. You know, it's, it's, it's so great to hear just how, uh, like you said, Audrey, you know, talking about how an artist is just something that you always are, um, but it's more so like a journey of coming into, you know, how you express that creative side of yourself, if that makes sense. I would love uh, to learn more about the mountains or down to the valleys. Uh, what can you guys tell us about the exhibit? Yeah, so the piece, it was both a sound piece and an installation and a sculptural piece, right? We used 21 lathe cut vinyl record. We played them on 21 record players 
And as the record players were playing them, it eroded ridges of the record itself. So the sound changes over time. So the mountains were down to the valleys is both a play on kind of what's happening to the record itself. Like those little mountains are wearing down to the little valleys. And then also speaking to this survival story and thinking about barriers and how we cross them through generations, which is, you know, the story that I think Audrey's family tells. So Audrey interviewed their family members, and then I edited that together in another record that was played in the museum, and um, along with the eroding ones, the 21 eroding ones that I described. When the eroding ones are done, when they wear all the way down, then all that's left are the family's voices telling these stories, right? Also for the piece, Audrey and their dad made these stands for each record player and they form the shape of the mountain uh, that we all see from Albuquerque in the east. So that was part of how it looked and sounded and uh, what our intentions were when we were making it. The 21 records that we're playing are were composed by Marisa and they all had their own titles that which formulated a poem and it was really beautiful. You forgot to mention your own thing. <laughs> uh, you know what you just forgot to mention is that when the records were all the way out on the other side, Audrey um, etched portraits of their family members. So like when the record was done, in the vinyl itself, we hung on the wall these portraits of their family who are uh, speaking in the um, in the interview record. I mean, it sounds like such a beautiful exhibit to experience, and I would love to, um, you know, have that experience someday. Thank you for sharing more about, you know, how what the exhibit looks like and what you know more about the symbolism behind everything. Um, but what was the creative process when working on the exhibit? It was a lot of like hanging out, talking these ideas through, and then a lot of emails and phone calls. You know how it is. Like it just, for some reason, everything turns into a lot of emails and phone calls. Um, <laughs> logistically, that is what we did. Um, and I will say this, the process was so long because we started this idea before the pandemic. And then it was on pause for a really, really long time. So it ended up being a lot longer than we thought it would be. Like, I think we were thought it, we thought we were in for like a year or so. And this ended up being a multi-year project. Yeah. I mean, that was certainly a part of it. When we pitched the idea pre-pandemic, going through the pandemic and, well, you know, theoretically going through it, kind of rejoining with uh, the NHCC to see the project to fruition. After all, like this kind of like theoretical planning and then kind of forgetting about the projects because we were all very much involved with what was happening during that time. The NHCC contacted us uh, uh, once things were calmer, I guess. And after that, it was like, you hit the ground running, like have to put everything, have to like make all the records and get those delivered and make all the plans. And it just, it was a very, very fast process once <laughs> once it started going again. And I have to say too, like one of the things that I came away from this project with a lot of appreciation for the curator, Jadira Gurule, who 
was keeping track of this project, even when everything in our lives had gotten so wild. And even when, you know, I personally was kind of working around the clock, doing journalism, like literally around the clock. Uh, Audrey was doing mutual aid and COVID response work, like a ton. Like we were not thinking about art for a little while necessarily. You know, maybe every once in a while we would be thinking, okay, we'll get we'll get back to that. This would be interesting to think about. It was Jajira who was really keeping track of this project. And when we couldn't really carry it, she was carrying it for us. I just ended up feeling a lot of appreciation and gratitude for her because it was also like a big deal for National Hispanic Cultural Center to let us do our experimental sound. <laughs> We're like, hey, guys, we want to play a bunch of record players at your museum. Is that is that all right? You know, um, and um, I mean, we made a better pitch than that, but not, you know, they didn't have to say yes. Jadira did not have to say yes to this exhibit. And we I feel really grateful that she not only did let us do it there, but also uh kept track of it you know and kept track of us <laughs> kept track of us which is much harder than anything else probably <laughs> yeah we're always going a million miles a minute but um she also helped like paint all the plinths and everything you know she was there present helping in any way she could and that's really more than she had to do you know so I do also feel very appreciative of her yeah, that's great to hear. I, I'm super glad that this ended up panning out the way that it did. You know, we talked a little bit about like symbolism behind the exhibit, um, but I wanted to ask more about uh, what is the specific message behind the exhibit? What do you want people to come away with? I don't know if I have anything really prescriptive that I want people to think about this or to walk away with. Um, but I know that I was coming from, especially after the pandemic, you know, I was thinking about all these different works I'd had in progress beforehand. And there was a bunch that didn't resonate for me anymore of my own work. Like you're looking back at your body of work and you're just kind of like, some of that just isn't feeling good anymore. It, you know, it doesn't feel like something I care about anymore because I feel like I personally experienced a lot of change um, in that time. So it's and then I'm looking at all these works that are like half done. And I was just like, what of this do, do I even care about now? And the mountains were down to the valleys was one of maybe two or three pieces that I really wanted to keep moving with. And part of that was that they were already kind of the right shape or idea to fit who I would become in the future. Um, and there's, there's no way to predict that, right? Yeah, it was... After the pandemic, thinking through the mountains were down to the valleys, thinking through survival, thinking through going through really hard things and what does it take to do that, and thinking through loss, all those different things kind of folded into this piece because that's what Audrey's family was talking about and because the piece was trying to also think through time and what does endure. The poem is a lot about how what endures is the stories that we tell each other, right? Most of my work, I think, is kind of meant for reflection. Somehow that always just always ends up being the thing, like wanting people to experience this work and not necessarily have a pointed outcome, but it's more like 
for ingestion, like food for thought, and hopefully will be reflective of each other, like, you know, each other's humanity and stuff. I think we did hear that too, Audrey, like from folks who came to see the show, whether they were seen at the opening or the closing or had gone to see it between is a lot of people told me they were, they were thinking about their own families and the conversations that they've had with their family members that uh, feel like that. Sometimes it was about like a specific family member that kind of, you know, maybe something someone says and Audrey's family like reminds you of that person in your own family. And sometimes it was, you know, maybe more general or like a group of people, but a lot of people thought about conversations and memories with their own support networks and family members. And and I heard that a lot of times from folks. I guess instead of pushing like a very specific message, making sure that what feelings and what, um, I get, you know, reflection that someone walks away with is super important. How the exhibit makes them feel, what it makes them reflect on, what it makes them think about is really important. Why is art as a means of expression and honoring family connections and stories um, important to you both? Art is, for me, a means of communication saying things that perhaps you don't necessarily have the words to say or you don't have the like understanding about it. I feel like a lot of the time when I'm starting to make something, I don't have a clear vision in my brain about it. It's like you start making the thing and it kind of becomes itself, right? That becomes a feeling or an image, et cetera. And um, I think it's, really important to be able to communicate with art because it's it's pretty universal you know there's a lot of things that you can say there's a lot of subjects that you can talk about without actually having to use words I feel like for me it's easier for me to communicate very vulnerable things via art I'm not so great with words (laughs) I'm good at creating things that make people responsive mostly emotionally and I think uh, that is very important. I think art is very important to teach empathy. That's a hard thing. Nobody wants to talk about their feelings. No way. But if there's in an art museum or, you know, at a vendor's or something, and there's a piece of work that's just speaking to their core being, they can't deny it, right? They ha- They get sucked in. And whether or not they are in a place where they can actually accept it and analyze it, it's kind of, you know, beyond the artist's control, but getting people to tap in emotively, I think is why art is so powerful and why people maybe don't like it so much sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, right, like how many debates in state legislatures are we having right now about books? Right. I was like, books never seemed so cool, right? <laughs> right? They're dangerous. Uh, they make you think. Oh geez. <laughs> this is about to be a little cliche, but I'll just say I think art and making things uh in service of reflecting and connecting with each other is the best thing that we do as humans. I do think that and I think about that a lot. I think that's the best we can do is uh, the process of making art, of making music, of making 
stories of connecting with one another, of finding each other again. All of that feels like what we're supposed to be doing right now and feels like the best of us to me. I think it's both like a beautiful sentiment on both of your parts um, to talk about how art is a way of communication um, when you might not necessarily have the words to communicate something that you want to. Expressing empathy and um, sort of bringing the importance of feeling um, into play. I think that's such a beautiful sentiment. For anyone who's aspiring to be an artist or uh, to get their art out there here in New Mexico, what words of advice do you have to share? Uh, well, and it's not for everybody, but I really like to be part of communities. And so, you know, there's definitely some part of life that is about finding community or various communities, whether that's artists or people who understand that aspect of you who will let you talk about record players a hundred times in a row one day and feel enthusiastic for like 99 of them, you know, like find that person, like, <laughs> um, or those people. And, you know, it, it can take some work maybe to like find your communities, but like, I think going out and being open and um, when you, you know, when it feels right and when you can and when it feels safe to do so, got to find each other. We got to find the people who can help us become who and what we want to be. But the other thing is, I think probably someone who wants to be an artist is most likely already an artist. Uh, they're probably at home practicing their art and maybe what they want is to find places to like show that work or to you know do that sort of thing and that is kind of a different task in some ways that takes like investigation and like going out seeing stuff trying to find work that looks like your work and seeing um if there's some like-minded folks there who might want to talk about what you do um, or just being very open to experiencing all different kinds of work. Like, I think it takes a lot of input to make output. You have to see lots of things and hear lots of things and think about lots of things, um, whether those are necessarily other artworks or just other sources of inspiration. You need that to make things. And uh, when you hit kind of a wall or a dry spot, you probably need to take more in. You're probably running out of uh, input, you know? Um, I guess the advice that I would give is basically along the same lines as Marisa. Like, go out and investigate, find your people. But also, I think something that maybe gets overlooked is collaboration. You know, if you see somebody's work that you really like and you feel slightly intimidated to talk to that person, talk to that person. Go find that person. That is the person you want to talk to because you like their stuff and you already respect them. Like, don't don't let yourself get intimidated by each other. I feel like that happens a lot in the art world where people really like each other's work, but they're not communicating with each other. Collaboration is such a great experience. Like, sometimes it's really hard, but I feel like every time you collaborate, especially with someone that you, like, care about and admire, like your work gets better every time. It always gets better because you grow so much from collaborations. You learn so much from each other. Like, I feel like that could be a good trajectory for someone who maybe isn't ready to work 
uh, solo. For anyone who is interested, where can people go to learn more about your work? Uh, yeah, I have a website, marisademarco.space. Audrey runs a really cool all-ages space called La Chancla in Albuquerque and has art shows all the time. And maybe their work is not in those shows necessarily, but um, they're always there and their hand is always in what's happening at Chunk. I don't have a website, but I do have an Instagram and it's a.delacruz.art. La Chancla is a DIY space I co-run with Bethany Baca and it has a lot of music and a lot of art. So if you're in Borellis, sometimes stop by. As we start to wrap up, is there anything else either of you would like to add? Um, I think I would just like to add that when I'm talking about family in this specific project, I talked about like my biological family, which is wonderful, but um, like these kinds of family ties and the building of these communities and what we see in a longevity, like in the trajectory of people just working together or forming communities and stuff like that, that is also family. I don't want to take away from the fact that there are many forms of family. Like Marisa is my family, though we are not like biologically related, you know? And I have a very big, diverse, I guess, community and family. I'm in a community that I consider family. And I just wanted to mention that, that it's not just your biological family, but like your broader sense family, the people who you call when you need something or the people who, you know, you want to take care of and like want to make their lives better and you want to succeed and you want to celebrate with them when something good happens. Like you want them to feel joy, you know? So yeah, I just wanted to add that. Well, one, when I'm thinking about finding community or finding your people or finding sources of inspiration, I'm not exclusively thinking about art galleries, right? Or that people should only go out and find an art gallery or artworks that they like. There's all a lot of the inspiration for my own work in all fields is not another version of that work, right? Like it's it's coming from things I hear or see or do or, you know, just experiences or interesting ideas I run across in life that have nothing to do at all theoretically with artwork until we're putting that in the work, right? I know that there can be barriers to connecting with institutions and that's something that I always felt. It doesn't have to be like that. There's all kinds of people out there making work that you might appreciate who are not connected necessarily to those great big institutions or not behind those barriers that we're perceiving, right? That's one thing. The other thing that I thought to say is just that in thinking about how what we leave behind are the stories that we tell each other. I think that Generation Justice's work is so important in doing that part of carrying story through people all over the place. Uh, so it's kind of cool when you're, the artwork we're talking about is about storytelling because now you are part of that 
story too. And also we get to be part of your story. You know, I just think it's such a great sentiment to leave on. That's, you know, this this idea of storytelling and why it's so important. I want to thank both of you again, um, Audrey and Marisa, for joining me today, for being able to uh, sit down and have this wonderful conversation about art, about uh, storytelling, about um, why those two going hand in hand is so important and can be so beautiful. Thank you guys for this wonderful work that you've done for um, the mountains or down to the valleys. Sharing a little bit more about it today, I, I'm so glad to hear and talk a little bit more about how this uh, creative vision that you both had, that you were able to come together and create something beautiful out of it. I think that's so wonderful to hear. I feel like I learned so much more just about creativity in general and being able to express that. But yeah, thank you guys again. Yeah, thank you all so much. Yeah, thank you for having us. And thanks for letting us talk about this piece. Yeah, of course. Um, for Generation Justice, I'm Ariana Cordova. Adri and Marisa, thank you so much for opening your hearts and sharing what art means to you. I really enjoyed learning about this multi-year collaborative art project, and I was so impressed by the installation sounds. It was so peaceful and calming that I felt like I was out in nature when I listened. Again, this is a multi-phase exhibition that begins with a sound experience that transforms over the course of 72 hours as 20 musical compositions on vinyl records erode over time. Stories of strength emanate from another record that plays multi-generational interviews with Audrey's family members. We would love to share a clip of the installation recording with all of you, DJ listeners. I hope you enjoy it.
You just heard a sample of the installation The Mountains Were Down to the Valleys by artists Adri de la Cruz and Marisa de Marco. Thank you so much for allowing us to share this with our listeners. Now we bring you the song Margaret by John Kell. Somebody's coming that hates us. We want to remind you that many of our family members and friends are still contracting COVID-19. Understand that COVID safety is important to maintain. Please be sure to stay conscious of your own health and safety as well as that of others. To help stay COVID safe, make sure that you're vaccinated and boosted by visiting itstimenm.org. The bivalent Omicron vaccine is now available to be administered to everyone over six months. If you're not up to date with your COVID-19 vaccinations, please visit itstimenm.org for immunization information. Don't forget, testing is essential to try to prevent the spread of COVID. To find information on PCR testing locations, visit findatestnm.org. One more time, that's findatestnm.org. Please keep in mind that safety for all viral illnesses is also important to maintain. Immunizations against all viral illnesses like the flu and RSV are necessary precautions. Also, for further COVID-19 information and resources, you can visit protectorhoodnm.org. Again, that is protectorhoodnm.org. Please do your part to look out for the well-being of our community in New Mexico. We hope you've enjoyed this week's vaccine equity segment. Now we bring you the song Painter Man by The Creation. Painter Man, Painter Man, who would be a Painter Man? Painter Man, Painter Man, who would be a Painter Man? We hope you've enjoyed this hour of information, empowerment, and community health. We'd like to thank our guests, Adri de la Cruz and Marisa de Marco, for sharing about their work. We'd also like to thank our interviewer, Ariana Cordova. This hour of radio was produced by Roberta Rael, Barbara Ramirez, and Sunandita Santana. We want to give a big shout out to all of our youth producers. We could not do what we do without you. Generation Justice would also like to thank KUNM for bringing the voices of young people to you. KUNM listeners. Our website is generationjustice.org, where you can check out all of our multimedia work and listen to our podcasts, which are also available on SoundCloud, Apple, and Google Podcasts. We're also active on social media. Find us on Facebook and Instagram, and don't forget to follow our playlist on Spotify. Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, with additional funding from the Annie E. Casey Foundation, Con Alma Health Foundation, 
the New Mexico Department of Health Infectious Disease Bureau through the Better Together Program and Office of School and Adolescent Health, as well as the city of Albuquerque, Race Forward, Media Justice, and of course, all of you who have contributed to this project by visiting our website and clicking Donate. Our opening song is Youth of the Nation by P.O.D. Our last song of the night is 3rd of May by Fleet Foxes. I'm Barbara Ramirez. Coming up on KUNM is Spoken Word. Stay tuned and join us next Sunday at 7 o'clock. Buenas noches, Nuevo México, and stay safe. <laughs>